Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bccweb.com. Okay, so there's a slightly different uh, format to today's message. I'm not entirely certain what's going to happen. Um, it's not just going to be me. I'm going to talk for a little bit, and then I'm going to invite various people to come and um, talk about their journey over the last year. Um, because we've all been on a journey over 2015. And as we head into 2016, it's really good to consider what God has done and to celebrate with other people and to, and to stand with other people if, you know, coming through difficult times. So, as I say, I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but um, here we go. So, BCC's journey this year. It's been an amazing year. We've had a lot going on since January 2015. And, um, and I thought it would be good to uh, consider where we started the year and where we got to by the end of the year. And, and to do that, I looked at all the various messages from last January through to December, and all the various sermon series that we've come through. And it's funny, we had a leaders meeting last night, and I was explaining how looking through all the series, just uh, in hindsight, seeing how God navigated us as a church, and the, the flow, and the, uh, the way that God was absolutely central uh, in, in, in moving us forward, and his purposes were in every series, right from last January all the way through to December. There was a real a sense that God was bringing us somewhere on a journey. Um, and so we're just going to just have a quick recap. So one year ago this week, we began a series called um, Can I Have a Better Life? And it was a, um, a great series. And we were looking at the book of Ruth, if you remember, uh, if you remember and seeing how uh, Ruth had a journey. And we looked back at her ancestors and also at her descendants. And we looked at all the parallels between Boaz as the kinsman redeemer and Jesus as our kinsman redeemer. And uh, we learned that sometimes on our own journey we can end up in uncomfortable situations, either through mistakes that we make ourselves or through outside circumstances. And, um, And when we do... Uh, obviously, in, in, in the book of Ruth, we know that Israel hit a famine, and we read that Naomi's response was essentially to move outside of God's provision, to try and take things up in her own strength, and kind of ended up in disaster, really. And, and sometimes we do that ourselves. We try and solve uh, our issues without the help of God or, or without a reference to God's navigation. And we learn that circumstances can be good or bad, but that our response in God can always be the right response and can always be a good response. We always, in any given moment, have the potential to be the best version of ourselves, whatever happens to us. And we learn that God is not looking for the perfect finished article. We looked at that in the series. Um, He's looking for willing and obedient hands. And remember that Ruth, she was a foreigner. When she came back to Bethlehem, she was a foreigner in the town. And we know that Obed, the man who took Ruth as his wife, was the son of Rahab, who was a foreign prostitute. 
And yet God brought these two willing and obedient people together um, and through them accomplished his greater purposes. We know that uh, from them, uh, King, King David, I think he was their great-grandson. And also in that same line, we then have Jesus later on. So God is not looking for finished, perfect people. He's looking for willing and obedient people. That's one of the things that we learned in that series. It was a great journey for us to go on as a church. That took us through to Easter. And then at Easter, we had a, a short two-week series called Cross Purposes. And whatever you understand about Jesus' journey from his birth to the cross, it's important to understand that it was an intentional journey. That it was uh, every step that Jesus made on that journey from his birth to his death was filled with purpose. And it was planned from from the very beginning as the only way to deal with all the sins of the world. It was the only way that we could ever have a meaningful relationship with God the Father. And Jesus' purpose on the cross was the only way that we could inherit eternal life. Also, during that, this Easter, our Easter uh, presentation, we know that Eric and Lisa put together uh, a great presentation, as they did for us uh, just a couple of weeks ago at Christmas. And um, we've really enjoyed and seen God move through those presentations, not just here, but I know they've also been performing it at other places around the borough, including the Civic Centre in Bromley, and um, kind of reaching out to people that way. So next up, after Easter, we had our Strength and Courage series. Who remembers the Strength and Courage series? Yeah, it was a great series. And this was kicked off by Gary Rucci, who was visiting us in April. And what I realised about this series was it was a fantastic foundational series. It really gave us building blocks to build on throughout the rest of the year. Um, um, In this series, we were looking at bringing the church on a journey to to a place of stability a place with uh, strong, secure foundations. We were looking at things like unity and strength and the health of this body, um, this church. We were looking at having strength in families and having a willingness to change and the courage to change and to be the person that God was calling us to be. Um, We need to have, uh, uh, we we had a a realisation that God is often calling us to step out of the boat And so whatever comfortable position that we are in, and we know that when we step out of the boat, um, if we do, there is a possibility that like Peter did, we're going to sink. But we also know that if we don't step out of the boat, there's an absolute certainty that we're not going to walk on the water. And that's one of the things that we learn. We need courage. We need a secure foundation, but we need courage to step out when God is calling us to do that. And... And if we don't, then our journey can be one of mediocrity and safety. So this was, uh, Strength and Courage was a foundational faith-building journey that brought us really neatly to our uh, series, uh, to our summer series uh, of 2015, which was Running with Endurance. Another great series. Uh, so we built on, this, uh, started to build on this foundation, a uh, strong, secure body of believers, to now to start to look outwards a little bit and start to run uh, with, with what God had given us. We were looking at Hebrews 11 and the start of Hebrews 12. Essentially, we were taking a journey with the men of faith from Scripture and, and uh, looking at how their journey, people like Abraham and Enoch, and Jonah 
and Jacob, how, how their journey, and, and Rahab as well, I think we looked at, and how their journey can inspire us on our journey. And, and how the people listed in Hebrews 11, how they become a cloud of witnesses for us. And these guys essentially cheering us on um, as we continue the journey that they started all those years ago. If you remember, we looked at the two things that prevent us from running with endurance that talked about at the beginning of chapter 12. It talks about, uh, in Hebrews, it talks about um, the sin that entangles and then the weight that hinders us. And sometimes we know that there, there, there can be sin in our lives that we have to deal with, but we also know that there are things that aren't necessarily sin, but actually they do slow us down and hinder us from progressing and be the people that God is calling us to be. And these are some of the things that we looked at in this great series, Running with Endurance. So this is our journey. We were encouraged in this series to examine our own life and try to work out what things were holding us back from our calling. It was awesome. And you can begin to see this journey that God has brought us on in 2015. He was stripping us down, getting us healthy, getting us lean, and moving and shaping our direction and our health so he could really begin um, to use us as a church for his purposes. Which brings us to September and the series uh, before our current one, sorry, Movement and Multiplication, part two. Um, because we know that the previous year we had Movement and Multiplication, part one. So we were continuing our um, journey through the book of Acts. And this was more recent, so I'm sure this is all at the front of your mind. You can all remember um, what we looked at. We were looking at the, examining the journey of the early church. Uh, getting inspired by those early pioneers, by um, uh, Philip and Stephen and Saul who became Paul and Barnabas and Peter. And I think it's been evident that God has been preparing us both as individuals and as a church. He's been helping us to get healthy because in this, this series that we've had, I think God's saying, right, you're in a healthy place now. I'm going to stop bringing people to you. And we've seen such a growth over the last three months in our church with lots and lots of new people coming in. Vlad, how many new people have we seen in the church since September or since August? Since August, 82. 82, there's a precise answer for you right there. I wasn't expecting that. 82 people, new people in the last three months. That's three times the size of the average church in the UK, you know. 82 new people coming into the church. And we've had lots and lots of people committing their lives to Jesus over this time as well. And I think it's no uh, coincidence that we came through those foundational series early on and then God was able to build and say, okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna, you know, you're, you're in a place where I can start to use you and build on this. And you can start to see the calling that God has got. And we know that's going to continue in 2016. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am so made up at the potential as we look into our next series, developing our capacity, our God-given capacity. We always put God at the, at the centre, right? Jesus is front and centre, and it's in him that we have an amazing capacity to achieve all sorts of things. And I don't know what it's going to look like. I have no idea where we're going to be. You know, somebody's going to be standing here this time next January, and I don't know what this church is going to be look like, either physically or people. We don't know, but I do know that God has a plan. He has a plan, and it's bigger than we think. It's bigger than we can possibly imagine. And, uh, and I'm 
so excited. <laughs> so God has definitely been bringing us on this journey. And um, I know there is a sense of stability and foundation. Again, we were talking last night and the church is in a great place. And there is a, um, there's a danger when you get to a safe comfortable good place that we go okay we've now got this great club we've got this brilliant club that we can all come together every Sunday and we can have nice great Sunday services and we can enjoy each other's company and and that's just fantastic and this is the way that churches go right before they die you know that you know that the moment we start saying okay we're in a comfortable place let's just sit here we're on a road to disaster church we can't do that. We've got to broaden our horizons. We've got to expand our thinking. We've got to um, widen our, our tent pegs. We've got to think bigger. And this comfortable place is not a place where we say, thank you, Lord, for bringing us to this comfortable place. It's saying, God, thank you for bringing us this foundation. Where can we go now, God? Where are you calling us to now, God? This is our journey, church. And this is 2016 that we're looking forward to. We've got to... Now we're in this comfortable place, we need to step out of the boat, take even, even more risks, dare I say. Yeah, because we're in a place of, of solid foundation, we can take more risks and we can look to God um, to stretch us and to build our capacity as a church. So, as well as all these series that we've come through, um, there's also been other notable things happening and it's worth reminding ourselves uh, what these things are. Uh, obviously our weekly prayer meetings I think are so essential as Mark mentioned so essential in the life of our church uh, for for health that's what we're after we don't try and grow our church that's up to God I will build my church he's going to grow it but we do need to think about health and the health of ourselves and the health of each other and one of the great ways of doing that is weekly prayer meetings you know and and again one of the things we were talking about last night was how in our society we, can, we consider ourselves to be quite time poor. You know, we have a lot of busy people. You guys are busy. And a lot of you work in the city and you work long hours. And it gets to, maybe it gets to Wednesday, kind of 7 o'clock, and you think, oh, I'm just exhausted. And I totally get that. And you think to yourself, I just, I can't face going to the prayer meeting tonight. I'm just too tired. I've had a long day. I've got another long day tomorrow. But let me tell you something, a little secret here. When you come to the prayer meeting... It's not an extra thing that tires you out. It's a thing that will give you energy. Trust me on this. You come along when you're feeling tired. You will leave with more energy than you came with. I promise you that. It always happens. It happens to me. And I know it. And I still have those same thoughts. Shall I go tonight? I'm feeling so tired. And I think, oh, you know what? If I go, I have never once regretted coming to the prayer meeting on a Wednesday night. Let me encourage you. Because you... Uh, and, and if you if you decide you know if you if you're one of those people who think just ah oh, I just can't face it tonight, that's the best reason to come. Yeah. You know that's the best reason to be here. You will get you will get built up and you will get energized to face what you've got to face on Thursday. All right. So let me go. That's the weekly prayer meetings. We've had all the prayer and fasting weeks over this year. The four every quarter, and obviously we've got one coming up next week. Really exciting. God's done some amazing things in those weeks. And an earthquake. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> Macedonian mission trips. 
There's been a few of those this year. Um, I know Eric has been out a few times and Mark has been out and different people have been out to Macedonia. And we're really building, there's a small congregation out there of Christian believers that we are supporting, that we support financially as a church and also um, Mark is constantly in touch with, with Jordan and Vesna, the guys who are running that out there and, and some other of you I know are as well. And uh, that's a great thing. We know there's a, there's a great saying I heard a few years ago the light that shines um, uh, the furthest is the light that shines the brightest at home. You know, as we look outwards, as we look into the distance, we have a bright light here in Bromley. Okay, it's, it's a great way of building it. So if, you, if you're thinking you'd like to do a mission trip, then definitely speak to Mark or come and speak to me and I'll point you in the right direction because there's some great work going on in Macedonia and I'm sure we're going to be going out again this year. We have a few smaller congregations that are linked to BCC and this has kind of developed over the year and, and through these smaller congregations we've seen some of their guys baptised at our baptism service in November. How exciting was that? This is kingdom stuff, you know? So often churches have such a closed mindset and they're thinking, oh, how am I going to build my little kingdom? Well, God's not interested in that. God is interested in his kingdom. And us looking outwards and supporting other churches in what they're doing is such a good kingdom mindset. And it's what God is looking for. So we had our baptism service in November. We have another one in January, at the middle, uh, 17th of January, which I'm really looking forward to. And I think we've got some people already lined up for another baptism service in February. Wouldn't it be great this year to have one every month? Wouldn't it? We changed the way we did it last time. We decided instead of having it on a Sunday evening, we were going to have it on, a, on, a, on one of the services on a Sunday morning. The only reason we did that was to think, well, it's growable. If we do that, we can do one of these every month. I like the idea of that. That excites me. That excites me. A baptism service every month. Yay, come on. Community days. We've had a few community days. These are uh, essential in building fellowship. It's important that we have fellowship as a church, that we encourage one another. And so we've had the... um, uh, we've had a few of these, including the summer one at uh, the Unicorn School, and we'll be doing more of the community days this year, getting together over food. We love food, and we love eating together. Um, this year, we've had a couple of new full-time staff join the team. We've had Vlad join the team full-time, and Caroline join the team uh, full-time, which is really exciting. And uh, Vlad's doing a great work, and Caroline is doing a brilliant work uh, in the office. And... Um, uh, we know, uh, some of you, maybe you don't know, uh, Vlad and I are, are looking at doing our associate pastor uh, accreditation at the moment. We're in the process of that. And uh, I know that there are more leaders among you. There are more among you who have been called into leadership in the church. And, you know, it's time this year to step forward, to expand your thinking, okay? Don't be shy. Have courage. Um, and we've also had this year our essentials and leadership training we had in October and November. And uh, one of the people who attended this leadership training that we had uh, was Reynaldo. Where are you, Reynaldo? Great. I'd like to invite Reynaldo up now. Just give him a round of applause as he comes up. <laughs> Reynaldo is just going to talk a little bit about his journey over this past um, uh, year. And um, I've asked... I've got three people, three different uh, people coming up, and I've asked them to keep it brief. So I'm going to try and uh, navigate a little bit. So, uh, Ronaldo, can you just tell us where you were at the beginning of 2015? Okay. Um, 
well, before I start with 2015, I just got to give you a bit of background about myself. Worst year of my life was 2011. Um, this year, in that year, uh, my mum died earlier that year. I was going through a divorce. Um, I felt like my family couldn't, uh, couldn't deal with me. I was so lonely because we were all dealing about my mum's, uh, my mum's passing away. She died of cancer as well. And so Christmas time was always a, a rough time for me because she died in, in January. And also, I was, a, I was a full-time teacher. And that I just couldn't take the job anymore. I just didn't care about life. I said, oh, screw this, God. That's it. I'm out. That's it. That's me. Done. Can't do this anymore. You weren't there. You didn't heal my mum. Forget you. So, <clears throat> 2012. Uh, started going out, partying, did my own thing. Um, slept around a lot, which led me to this girl that I got pregnant by accident. And I was like, oh no, what have I done? What have I done? I need to sort my stuff out. This little, bar, this little guy was going to be on the way. I didn't know this girl. I said to myself, I can't get myself out of this mess. I'm going to take this girl in. I'm going to help her out. She started to live with me. <sighs> Pregnancy was hard. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> And uh, girls, power to you, but <laughs> I'm glad I'm a guy. So, I wasn't excited about the pregnancy. I wasn't ready to be a dad. I was thinking, how did I get myself in this mess? And he was born, looked at him, held him in my arms and looked at me. And I, I fell in love right there. Yeah. Right there. That changed me. I was like, okay. I've got to be a man, I've got to be a dad. I need to sort this out. I need to do what's best for this little boy. Bring on 2015, beginning of this, uh, beginning of last year. I had a new job. I was working in central London, working nights. Um, my ex was working the days. We were looking after our little kid um, in between. So she was still living with me. I was still far from God. I was still like, what am I doing in this job? What am I I'm still not ready to be a dad. And, yeah, I didn't know, I was, just, I was just in a lonely place, in a lonely place. So 2015, yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. So what changes took place in 2015 that brought you to where we are now? Okay, so, still in that relationship, she decides to end it. And I end the like, relationship, not end the relationship. Yeah, yeah, end yeah. the relationship, yeah, yeah. <laughs> end it with me, all right. So, they left, my little boy and her, they left, decided that it was probably best that she take him so she can get all the benefits and stuff, and then I was back at home, sitting in um, the hallway, thinking, how did I get myself here again? This time it was worse, because I wanted to be with this boy, but I wasn't, you know? That was the whole point of me being a dad. And so, still feeling lonely, joined an online dating site, met a few girls. And it was one morning, I was driving home from this girl's place, in the car, God says to me, stop it. Stop it. I was like, what? No, you haven't done anything for me, no. All right. And, but it bugged me because I was a dad. I couldn't do this anymore. I... It wasn't just me anymore. I was thinking about him. I was thinking about his future, my future. What was I going to do? What kind of a dad was I going to be for this little boy? So, 
spoke to some of my single parent friends, told me what life was like as a single parent, spoke to some of my male friends who didn't have dads growing up, seeing the impact what it had on them. And I was like, I was really going to give up on being a father. I just wanted to pack my stuff, run away, forget about this, start fresh somewhere else. But no, I couldn't get away from it. I, had, I couldn't run. And I knew that his life would be so much better if I was in it. So I made that decision. Okay, I'm going to stay. I'm going to be the best dad I can be with whatever I have to this kid. And then God says to me, your life would be so much better if I was in your life. Yeah, that's right. So, come on. on my bed crying, thinking, okay, we're going to do it one more time, God. I recommit my life to you. I'm going to fight for your cause. Let's do this once again. I'm here. I'm back. What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, so that kind of happened at the first half of the year. So how did you end up here? How did I end up here? Yeah. Right. So I, I still work nights. I try and see my boy as much as I can. I pick him up from nursery at one o'clock every weekday. And we spend the afternoon together. I bring him back to his mum's in the evening and I go to work in the e- at night. And I take him, he sleeps over on Friday nights, I'm oh, sorry, on Saturday nights, which means that I have him Sunday morning. Yeah. And I was like, okay, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be a Christian again, I've got to get back into church. So we started looking for churches. It was mainly him. He was going to be the scout, he was going to go and look around for churches for me. <laughs> if he's happy in that church, I'm going to stay in that church. So you, little boy, you tell me if you like this church, we stay. And we came here, we go over to the other side, he's there happily playing along, he doesn't care that I'm there. I think, okay, you're not going to cry, I'm going to go then to service, All right? and it's fine. So we stayed, we came here, I met some fantastic That's people. That's great. So what are you hoping for? For this year, 2016, um, briefly. 2016, 2016, basically, just getting back, um, doing my ABCs, A standing for attending, so attending church and Sundays, uh, prayer meetings, Woo! men's group, all of the good things happening in this church. Um, B stands for the Bible, getting to know his word again, studying the word, loving the word, speaking the word, teaching the word, and C, uh, communion, communion with God, having that relationship back. I just want to end with just a little story about my little boy. Last week, the sales, um, I had, a, had an off night and I wasn't at work, so I was going to have a whole day with my boy. I have already planned it out what we we're going to do. So I drive in to Bromley to my ex's place, pick up my boy, come down out of the flat. What's happening? There's a parking ticket on my car. A 65-pound parking ticket. <laughs> what kind of a day is this, Lord? Come on, man. All right, so we're going to go into town. We're going to go into Bromley. First thing we do, right, let's get you some new trainers. Let's get you some new kicks. We go to go into Clark's, try to get his feet measured, wait for about 15 minutes. Um, my ticket comes up. Okay, come on, come on, Jacob. What does he do? Now, now! <laughs> Runs around. So I end up chasing him, and he doesn't get his feet measured in the end. And I'm like, <laughs> so we, we go out of Clark's. Maybe he's hungry. We'll go to Burger King. Let's go to Burger King. Order a meal. He's a bit clinging to me because he doesn't see me as much, so I'm holding him one arm. Got the food in the other. We go up the stairs. We sit down to eat. 
went to take a bite of my burger. He's off running again. Oh, oh. Right, what are you doing? Come on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, we're going to go to the other shops in Bromley. I'm still carrying him. Then I noticed there's a, there's a warm patch right here. He wets himself. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. This is rush, this is rush time during the sales in, in Bromley. So we go to the baby change. I change him up. I didn't have any spare clothes for myself. And I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those days. I wanted to make the most of my daddy time with this kid, all right? So I, needed, I wanted him to have a haircut. We were coming to New Year's service. I wanted him to look nice. Um, go to the barbers. Do you think it will happen? <laughs> Let's try. So barber time, another half an hour away. He gets into the seat. No, 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 no. <laughs> he runs off again. I chase him. <sighs> okay, let's go back in the car. Let's go home. But I need to do some grocery shopping. As I'm driving home, he falls asleep. He falls asleep in the car. So, waiting in the parking lot. Switch off the engine. Silence. Ah. I look back over my shoulder, see him in the car seat. And I think, wow. Lord, what an amazing little boy you've given me. Looked at his nose, his hair, his hands, and I'm thinking, I'm glad I'm a dad. I am so glad I'm a dad. No matter what this little boy does to me, no matter how stressed out he, he makes me, I love him. I really love him. And in that silence, just looking at him and thinking to myself, wow, this is such an amazing, amazing work that you've done in him. Um, you've done a good work right there. God says to me, <laughs> Son, I love you more than that. I love you so much more. Brilliant. Thank you, Ronaldo. Great testimony there, Ronaldo. Great. So we've had, as I mentioned earlier, we've had a lot of new people coming into the church over the past year, many committing their lives uh, to Jesus. And I, actually, I want to ask Spike to come up now and just share a little bit of uh, his uh, uh, testimony with us as well. Uh, welcome, Spike. <laughs> Spike, I know you've come on a bit of a journey this last year as well. Yeah, well, actually, my story sounds very much like Ronaldo's when I think about it. I mean, <laughs> common factors, but so beginning of 2015, I was in a really low place. Uh, I was going through a bad divorce, and uh, like Ronaldo, I, uh, I sort of got to be there for me all my life, actually. But at the beginning of, of, of this year, I actually had a break and I had a, a loss of faith, which I'd not had before. I didn't think that was even possible, and I, I, it was it was gone for me, and it wasn't. It wasn't like I didn't think that God was there. I thought, God can't do anything for me. God can't help me in this place that I am. And actually, why should God help me in this? I felt like that. I thought, why? I don't even deserve it. I don't even deserve it. So why should God help me? Right? I, yeah. I got what I deserved. So I was very, very, very low down coming into this year. Mm. And um, I was looking for, I think my fuel tank was empty. Right, My spirit fuel tank orange light <laughs> and I'm like driving around thinking all right I've got to get some more uh, and I was in a church in Peckham but I just with my I had a divorce as well and I thought I'm not part of that community it's kind of pointless coming here and I was looking around um, and so 
slightly to fast forward about uh, I remember these things you put on the wall strength and courage yeah. strength and courage that's where I came in God did I need strength and courage at that point I did yeah. and this man here Mark is telling me all, all about it and uh, this, I came into this church and uh, there were three things actually yeah as like Ronaldo said there's a fact that my little girls ran over uh, into the into Ark and they loved it and there was no looking back I thought okay well that tick that's one tick in the box but I walked in here and I thought this place is full of the spirit. This is where I can fill my tank. And it's free. <laughs> so I started coming in here every week, filling up my tank and uh, you know, filling up with the spirit because it was here in the people. I looked around, everybody was so welcoming. You know, I just there's an immediate warmth here. There's a fantastic you know, diversity of all, you know, people from all walks of life. It's a, I tried, before I came here, I tried about six churches in Bromley. And I, I remember I walked into one place. And you, 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 you walk in and all the eyes swivel around. We don't right, want to diss you, any you, other churches. You, 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 no, no, I'm just saying. Right, Be careful. Just as an example, right, yeah, okay, one church on. I went into, it, was, it, wasn't, it was probably, what did you say, average church size, 30? Yeah, yeah. About, about that, yeah. And it's... Um, Thirty sort of retired women in the sort of waistcoats. Like there's nothing wrong with retired women. I'm doing all the disclaimers here today. <laughs> he said he didn't know what was going to happen. So, uh, but, but, but anyway, here I thought, okay, these are my these are my sort of people. This is the amazing power of the spirit here. Great welcome, great facilities. Yeah. I thought I'm home, right? Pull in the car, fill up the tank, and that kept me going. It kept me going through some Fantastic. very very difficult times, really yeah. hard times. Uh, and it, it, it sustained me, the, you know, the, the fellowship and the spirit here. Fantastic. And the sermons, which have time and again spoken to, like, oh, that's exactly the message I needed to hear exactly right now in my life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good. time, yeah, credit to this man, Mark, time after time that, that has happened. I've come, and I've, I've come to prayer groups. Yeah. Uh, that sustained me. Um, and every time I walk into this church, I either got, it's either sustained me or it's challenged me. Sometimes it's challenged me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Oh, I never didn't. Am, am I even comfortable with that? And it's made me think. And I thought, okay, so, you know, sometimes I think probably the first thing I heard Mark say is, you know, sometimes the message, the true message, isn't comfortable. It's it, it right. is not what we're used to, and it unsettles and it, it provokes us a little bit. That's happened here as well in a very <coughs> useful way. And every time, it's been a, a step further on the journey for me. So you know, I'm, you know. I am in debt to this place. Great. What my guess to you. Thank yeah. you, Spike. Great stuff. Lovely. And then finally, um, we know we've got lots and lots of different ministries going on in the church. And one of the ministries that has really exploded over the last year or two is uh, a thing that goes on here on a Monday. It was on a Monday this t- a year ago. Now it's on a Monday and Tuesday, and it's Pebbles. Can I just invite Eric and Lisa to come up to talk about their journey a little bit? Welcome. Okay, so uh, a year ago, I, I know you've got so much going on in your life right now. We've got five minutes, guys. <laughs> All right. uh, so much. <laughs> um, can you talk to us a little bit about this year, what's been happening, uh, as well as Pebbles and other things as well? Um, yeah, Pebbles, I, I think, is, I mean, Lisa's done wonderful things in knowing what's right for kids and, and knowing how to lay things out and stuff. But, but I think the growth in Pebbles has been a pretty uh, simple thing in that 
we've given people good coffee, a relaxed atmosphere, <laughs> and we just love the people who have come in. Uh, Pebbles is uh, mums and toddlers, mums and, and dads and toddlers yeah. group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's grown to we get roughly about a hundred people a week now. I mean, including kids and adults, uh, and and so that's that's been uh, growing. Uh, like crazy, we we sometimes wondered if we can add a third day. <laughs> <We'd> <laughs> the cleanup would kill us. <laughs> um, and um, life within the church has been very very good for the last year. Uh, and the mission trips to Macedonia and everything else, we've really we've really loved our last year. We've had a really um, wonderful last year. Uh, apart from Later in the year, we received news that um, the UK VI had uh, revoked Operation Mobilization's ability to sponsor visas, uh, and it meant, of course, that we would be um, leaving the country. Uh, and uh, that's a slightly open-ended time-wise. Um, we have some w wiggle room because I have a second passport, uh, but our, our days here are as a result, numbered, um, which is a very hard and sad thing for us. Um, but um, excitingly, because we've been on mission trips to Macedonia and begun to build relationship there and things, that's a door that's opening up to us for full-time ministry for next uh, for this new year, and, yeah. uh, and sometime within the next few months, we should be on our way there. So I'm guessing that um, obviously with you going in on this physical journey, um, you are, there's a few things on your mind and I would imagine Pebbles is one of them, you want it to continue and I know you've got yeah. a good team but I'm guessing you need more people. We uh, do, we, yeah. we do. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa's turn. So, uh, we absolutely do need new people. People um, in the group and those helping often ask me, well what's going to happen when you go and I say to them, well you know, they didn't know what was going to happen to Pebbles when the last person needed to leave, that I hadn't been on the scene, so we don't need to worry about who is going to take over because there's someone amongst you or within your realm of contact that will be doing it. Yeah. And I just believe that. I don't believe God. I'm not indispensable to anything. Eric and I are not indispensable to Pebbles. We love what we do, and that's all we need the next person to do. They have a fantastic team. Yeah. But we also do other things too. So what I would encourage you is that we have to step down from security in, um, for baseline, for cooking and baseline, from doing um, uh, once a month over at Crash. And we need to step down because we will no longer physically be here. But a lot of you will be. So I would put the challenge out that... That you look at perhaps what can I step into, even if it isn't our positions, because God doesn't want creche not to have enough people. We yeah. would like to invite people's mothers to drop their children at creche, but we can't because there aren't enough workers. And so I would just challenge you all that think about this this year. Yeah. What can I step into within the church? Because we don't want to think that we're leaving behind gaps. And I don't think God has any intention of leaving behind gaps. Because like I said, we're yeah. not indispensable. But we're answering our next call in life. So I challenge you to think about what your next call in life is. Thank you, guys. Yeah.
let me add to that that when we came out to Manor House, uh, OM was really, really scratching to find somebody to come there. Um, they they were having real troubles finding anyone to fill that role, and there have already been four couples who have expressed an interest in taking over the ministry of Manor House. So that's you know that's to us that's a real indication that God is. Can they create drama? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Everyone can create drama. <laughs> it's being able to get it up on stage. It's a gift. <laughs> uh, can we give Eric and Lisa, uh, show them our appreciation. Remember Eric and Lisa in your prayers as well. They've, they're going through a tough, tough time, a not comfortable position to be in, uh, the uncertainty. So remember them in your prayers. And obviously when they do go, we will miss them uh, greatly. So we've just heard three different journeys, and none of whom are finished. Okay, they're all still in the middle of their journey, just as we all are. So actually in this church, we've got hundreds of journeys all taking place, all different but we have a common purpose, and we have a common, uh, we have a common Messiah. We have a common God who's leading us, who we put front and center, who's, who's uh, kind of leading the way. And often something that Mark says is, we're just playing catch-up. God's doing something, and as a church and as a leadership team, we just feel like, oh, God's doing this. Let's keep, keep up with God in what he's doing. And, um, and that's the journey that we're on. And I just want to uh, just uh, think about... The book of Nehemiah for a second, there's often a misconception. We think about what Nehemiah did and say, oh yeah, Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. He didn't. The people rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. The people did. If you read Nehemiah chapter 3, it's really interesting and inspiring to see how um, you've got... uh, different kinds of people. You've got merchants, you've got goldsmiths, you've got leaders, you've got priests, you've got the Levites, you've got sons, you've got daughters, you've got people from various different cultures and nationalities, all working together on their, they're working on their part of the wall to achieve a common goal. And that's an an inspiration for us as a church. That should, it gives us a picture of what church should look like. We're all on our own journey. We're all building a section of this wall, but actually we're creating something together, which is greater than the sum of its parts. Um, So, just to finish then, we're not there yet. Uh, Shegan, would you mind just coming up? Uh, Band, would you mind just joining us? We're going to have a song. Um, We're not there yet. We've got a ways to go, but God is shaping us. And the journey that we've been on in 2015 is continuing into 2016. And it's really exciting. Exciting is a good word. Just want to finish with uh, this scripture. It's been a, a scripture that's been on our minds, I think, for the last six months. Actually, it first came about a couple of years ago, and it's re, uh, reared its head again this last year. This, and it's from Isaiah 37. It's a prophetic word that we believe is over our church. This year, you will eat what grows by itself, and the second year, what springs from that. So that was the previous two years. And then in the autumn this year, we felt that we hit the third year. In the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat their fruit. We are of the opinion that that's where we are We are right now as a church. We're in this position of sowing and planting so that we can reap and eat fruit. Okay, so here's what I would say. As we move into 2016, 
Have a broad mindset. As we don't just sow kind of seeds, you know, one seed at a time. Let's scatter the seed because God is telling us that as we sow, He's going to do all the business to make sure that we're going to reap. And I don't want to get to this time next year and say, oh yeah, we're in the same place. I want to say, look back. Look at what we've done this last year. Look at where God has brought us. Are you with me on that? Yeah? Should we stand together? We're going to sing a song and then we're just going to wrap this service up.